my name is Maddie. And my name's Liv. We are two university students who are a part of Queen's Health Outreach. So Queen's Health Outreach is a student-run registered charity based on the campus of Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Our goal is to facilitate needs-based peer-to-peer health discussions on a local, national, and international scale. This podcast is for those who are interested in health, global health, global development, ethical engagement, and education. Join us and our special guests bi-weekly as we chat about discussions surrounding all of these topics and more. We would like to thank CFRC 101.9 FM and the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Scientists for this collaboration. Additionally, we would like to acknowledge that Queen's is situated upon traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. We are grateful to be able to live, learn, and work on these lands. Today, we are joined by Michelle, a registered nurse at the Ottawa Hospital in the Oncology Outpatient Unit. Michelle has been a nurse for 20 years, therefore she's a great deal of knowledge surrounding the ins and outs of healthcare. In this episode, we are going to discuss Michelle's perspective of how our healthcare system has shifted in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and the importance of demonstrating compassion in one's day-to-day life. So with that, why don't we get started? So first, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your nursing journey? Sure. Hi. Um, Well, it started, as you said, about 20 years ago, 25 to be exact. Um, I went to Dalhousie University and and I graduated in 1994. So at that time in healthcare, it was very difficult to get a nursing job. Um, And that's very different than it is today as we're undergoing uh, such a a nursing shortage. And in healthcare across the board, people are crying for nurses. So uh, that's a big difference. Um, When I started after university, I worked initially in orthopedic surgery and plastic surgery. So with um, broken bones and then burn patients. And after that, I went into a private industry. So that was interesting and had a totally different focus. It was more of a business and that was laser eye surgery. still meeting with patients and running a laser, but ultimately it was a business to try to get people to have laser surgery instead of wearing your glasses. And most recently and now presently, I work in the cancer center in Ottawa. And as you said, Maddie, it's an outpatient center and it's very busy and it's always with cancer patients. Wow, that's an amazing journey. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, The next question we were thinking about is, what made you choose nursing as your profession? Well, um, I always wanted just to have a helping profession. So um, to be there for others when there's, you know, they're in crisis or in times of need. I also had a great role model, and that was my mom. She uh, was a nurse for about 40 or almost 50 years. And she loved her job and um, she felt very rewarded for that. So I followed in her footsteps. I can definitely relate to the wanting a profession where it's very person to person contact and helpful. I think that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Do you want to do the next question? Sure. Um, Michelle, how do you think the pandemic has affected the healthcare system in Canada? In Canada? Well, it's, Essentially, it's crippled our healthcare system, uh, to be honest. Um, 
So I guess two years ago or over two years ago, I guess when they, we had the start of COVID, uh, we didn't know too much about it and what was going to happen. And we saw what was happening in other countries before us, but we really didn't get a full grasp of uh, what we were dealing with. Um, right now, as of November 2022, so again, about two and a half years in, Canada has had 48,000 deaths. So, and over 4 million cases. So that's a lot. And and globally, more than that, 6.5 million deaths. So, and that was reported again in November and that was by the World Health Organization. But locally in Canada, and I can say for our cancer patients, it's had a really devastating effect to us. Um, access to healthcare has been uh, really decreased. Um, meaning that patients didn't get tests in time that they needed to because there was no staff or testing centers were closed down. We had uh, family doctors that weren't seeing patients. So you can imagine um, a lot of phone calls to patients and trying to assess their needs and how what condition they're in over the phone. Uh, it wasn't good enough. So things were missed. Uh, it took us a lot of time to get patients in uh, for testing to be able to give them a diagnosis. So all in that in turn was devastating for our cancer patients that sometimes their cancer could have been caught earlier than it was and could have been prevented, could have been cured more than it has been. So for us, it's really, really been a really difficult time and still continues to be actually. Um, another thing, um, if you know Ottawa, the children's hospital is right beside us, and kids have been greatly affected uh, in Ottawa. CHEO at the moment, and that's the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario, their wait time in emergency is presently at least 20 hours. So it's being crippled with COVID, with all the respiratory infections and, um, and flus that are out right now. So our emergency wait time, not only with kids, but within um, all the Ottawa hospitals is really, really long. So it also keeps people, uh, A, they don't come to see us because they don't want to wait. So if they have chest pain and a heart attack, they might not come in because they're A, afraid of COVID and B, they don't want to wait for the long, long lines to uh, get in to see a doctor. So that's been also really a challenge for um, hospital emergency rooms. Yeah, it's really amazing. I don't think a lot of people expected how COVID would affect countries in the health system in, a, in the long run. It's really amazing to see how things have turned out over the years and how it's still very much so relevant, even when some people refuse to acknowledge it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. I mean, as healthcare professionals, you want to be able to end in timely fashion. So when patients come in, you see and the family members, they're in they're in crisis, right? They're they want timely care, but just the staffing shortages alone is is a really really big problem. Um, they just we just don't have the manpower to be able to help these people uh, in a timely way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you have a pulse on this specific question, but it's definitely something that we're interested in. Do you have any? um thoughts on how COVID has affected the healthcare systems globally and outside of Canada well I think I think that we're all kind of in the same boat uh globally I think people healthcare systems are stretched just like we are here 
So definitely our neighbors in the United States, they have, you know, millions of people with COVID and they're really, really struggling. Um, and again, same staffing shortages, people are burnt out. The staff that are the nurses and doctors and support workers, they're asked to um, stay late, stay um, on overtime. They're doing 16 and 18 and 20 hour shifts where it typically usually should be eight, um, not given vacation. And then people uh, aren't get rewarded either. Like I, I know in Ontario anyway, um, they refer to like healthcare people as heroes and um, we're just not being supported um, like we could be. And also just the need for more staff, I think across the board and globally is, is a realization that every country has been in staffing shortages, shortages, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something I find I've been thinking about a lot with people who work in healthcare around me at different times. Um, so something, I just wanna ask this next question. Sure. Um, so the next question will be related to compassion and how, Michelle, how do you think we can tie compassion more seamlessly into our daily lives? And do you think it's important? Oh, I think it's really important. It's a necessity. It's necessary to be a good person and to be compassionate to others. Absolutely. Um, today, in, in, our, in our day, you know, it's a more kind of self-centered are busy, we get lost in our own lives. And, and I guess if this is relating to, to healthcare, you have to have compassion for others. So a patient may come to you and will be upset and their family's upset and they're angry with you. A, they, they're in shock. They're angry that they have this cancer diagnosis, that they haven't been given their tests uh, in a timely fashion. Their cancer has spread. So, and all of these, and they're stressed, they're anxious, um, and they're starting to get sick too. So these, you're seeing people at their worst time and their most vulnerable time. So to, to remember to have compassion to these people, and it's, it's not about you, and they're angry with you, and they're yelling at you. You have to have patience and, and really put yourselves uh, in their feet, right? And be empathetic to them. And, and you have to be understanding that the crises that people go through and and not only just in healthcare but in daily daily lives people wearing masks versus people not wearing masks like people have a choice um you know you have to try to understand their reasons for what they're doing and uh and be compassionate yeah there's no there's no room for for anger and hatred and and no patience you really have to be compassionate and and just help others that's it it's just yeah. so impressive to see how healthcare workers have so much compassion and patience, even when they're being spread so thin after this pandemic. It's like incredibly impressive. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you. With with cancer, people get, you know, um, the C word. It's it's C, it's, it's cancer. They're in shock and they're they're horrified. But as healthcare professionals, it's really and usually sometimes we can cure it right so that's great of course that's wonderful um but in the event that um these people are nearing the ends of their lives like it is a gift that we're able to help these people like we're really lucky to help these poor people and their families be able to 
um, be comfortable and to be supported and to be given everything necessary to, for them to have a to have, to have a peaceful and a comfortable death. And I think, it, it, as I said, it's a gift. It's a really a gift of healthcare of healthcare workers to be able to help people uh, on this journey to the end of their lives. And it's really, really important. It's really sad. Of course, it's always very sad, but you feel really rewarded in helping people. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, just, we're going to switch gears here into a very QHO style question, if you don't mind. Um, no problem. What is one health related topic you wish someone taught you as a kid? What's something that we don't talk about much and teach enough that's healthcare related? Well, I was thinking about my childhood, um, you know, middle-class neighborhood, uh, everyone played at the park. We had no devices. Uh, there is no social media to see what we were missing out on. And so, but I think there were struggles as a lot of my um, schoolmates, there was anxious days, there was depression, there was anxiety for kids, there was learning disabilities and all of this really, we didn't know anything about. So I'm going to say mental health and stress and anxiety and ways to open up those lines of communication for kids, like even young, like preschool age kids, they have stress. They might have stress at home that we don't know about. Um, they might look a little disheveled and not have had a great breakfast in the morning and they're stressed amongst their peers because they're not uh, behaving nicely and they're getting in trouble. Every, anything like even just as little as that, these kids have a lot of stress that we don't even know about what's going on. So I think as a kid, I think we never learned about mental health and learning disabilities. And if you were sad or you were nervous about a test or you're nervous to go home, I had no idea that my peers were going through that. Uh, all through junior high and high school, the same. We were never taught about mental health and uh, struggles. And there's definitely wasn't very many opportunities to communicate that openly with our teachers or with the health. We used to have nurses in the school at those times when there was funding for that, but it was never, ever, ever about mental health. So I think that's one thing, the struggles and stresses of kids uh, is more heightened now with COVID and kids who had to stay home, um, learning online, isolated in their rooms, maybe in their room, maybe if they had a room, maybe they didn't have a room and they were in an apartment with their family and there was multiple kids trying to learn online. That was really difficult for a lot of children and a lot of families. I think um, stress and anxiety has really been heightened with COVID and we, lead, we need to do a lot better. We need more mental health money because um, I know in the Royal Ottawa here in, in in Ottawa, the Royal Ottawa Hospital is a psychiatric hospital and a part of CHEO, the Eastern um, Ontario Children's Hospital, there is not enough beds available for kids who are struggling with mental health and depression and also eating disorders. It needs to be a lot better. So, I mean, healthcare across the board needs more money for everything and we need more staff, more staff, more funding. So, but anyways, that's that's a long story for my um, childhood experience about what was lacking. So I think more, more it's more prevalent now, which is great. But when I was a kid, uh, it just wasn't there. It must have been such a challenge to communicate feelings back when you were a kid. I know my parents have definitely talked about that. It wasn't the norm to discuss 
one's mental yeah. health and mental health is your health. So I'm glad that it's on the rise to be talked about, but there's always more work to be done and there totally needs to be more funding into all aspects of health in Canada. Completely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's actually all of our questions for today. Thank you so, so much, Michelle. That was really enlightening. We really appreciate it. You are most welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. All right. Thank you so much. So um, overall, Michelle, we loved um, hearing more about your passion for nursing and your perspective on the healthcare system. Um, and now for our listeners, if you want to get involved with Queen's Health Outreach and hear about our upcoming events, then make sure to follow our Instagram at QHealthOutreach. Um, our Facebook page is also open. And we also have a website, www.qho.ca. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more health-related discussions in the future.